The Alan Watts iPhone app is now available on the iTunes App Store, featuring the entire Alan Watts podcast series at your fingertips. Visit alanwattsapp.com for more information. So this political model of God has dominated the West. And the world is related to God as subjects to a king or as artifacts to a maker. We have, of course, a ceramic model of the universe because it's said in the book of Genesis that God made Adam out of the dust of the ground. In other words, he made a clay figurine and then blew the breath of life into the nostrils of the figurine so that it came to life. Now, the Hindus don't have that model of the universe to cope with because they don't look at the universe as God's creation in the sense of being an artifact. They look at it as God's drama because they see the world as acted, not created. God is that which is pretending to be all this. And everybody is really God, is a mask of God, who is playing that he's you. But he's doing it so well that he's taken himself in because he's the audience as well as the actor. It's a really successful play because the good actor, although you know a play is a just a play, a good actor is going to try and make you think it isn't. He wants to get you crying. He wants to get you sitting on the edge of your seat in anticipation. And God, as the best actor, has convinced himself completely that the act is real. The Chinese, again, have a different model. Their model of the universe is an organic one. It is a great organism. It is alive. It grows. It is an intelligent order. So those are the three great models of the world. When the West stopped believing seriously in God a long time ago, they, however, retained the idea of the world as an artifact. And so we graduated from the ceramic model of the universe to the fully automatic model, which is actual common sense for most people living today. I return to the point, then, that the clergy and the church people don't really believe in God, in the old-fashioned sense of the word God at all. If they did believe the Christian religion in some of its orthodox forms seriously, they would be screaming in the streets. And even the most far-out lunatic fringe, Jehovah's Witnesses, are even more or less polite when they come and call at your house. Because if they really believed that you were going to hell, they would make more fuss about you than if you had the bubonic plague but nobody really takes it that seriously any longer. And that means they don't believe in it. They know they ought to believe in it. In fact, many sermons are exhortations to have more faith, which means that we all recognize that we don't really believe in this, and we ought to. We feel very guilty about it. We don't have the moral strength to believe in this. But it isn't only a matter of moral strength. It's a matter of being asked to believe what most people feel is nonsense, that the world is run on the lines of a state. How, for example, can you be a citizen of the United States 
having taken an oath that a republican form of government is the best form of government and believe that the universe is a monarchy. So what has happened is uh, intelligent people have always realized that this political model for the cosmos won't do. Now actually, no serious theologian ever did believe that God was an old gentleman with whiskers on a golden throne. Never. What the Bishop of Woolwich says in his book, Honest to God, you know, that there isn't some sort of a someone out there. Uh, he is very naive in a way because he could have taken huge quotations out of St. Thomas Aquinas, out of the great fathers of the church, from Oregon, from Clement of Alexandria, from St. Gregory Nazianzus, from St. John of Damascus, from St. Basil the Great, from St. Augustine, from St. Ambrose, from Bernard of Clairvaux, St. Albert the Great. He could have quoted all those perfectly orthodox, very correct theologians, and shown that they never believed in a God like that with whiskers. And he could have come forward and said, you see, this is a perfectly orthodox book. And I'm not a revolutionary. I'm just going back to the real old-time religion. He didn't do that. And do you know why? He told me. He never read those writers in theological school. He was entirely confined to biblical studies. I never got as far as that. You see? So, uh, but it's just the same with ever so many people. One of the reasons why so many people turned to an oriental religion was that the level, the intellectual level at which oriental religions were first presented in the West was so much higher than the intellectual level at which Christianity was presented at the local church. If you lived in India or uh, Ceylon, of course, there would be the local Buddhist monastery and it would be just as junky as the stuff was around the, the local church. They don't tell people all about the great void and how to practice meditation and those things. That's for specialists and minority. All they care about is gaining merit, mostly by making contributions to the clergy, for better circumstances in your next life. Or getting out of evil karma. That's the real thing that popular Buddhism is about. But you see, the trouble in the West is that everybody's getting educated. There's a terrific literacy. And therefore, uh, the public has to be treated as if it were intelligent. You can't say the public be damned anymore. There's too many intelligent people. Now, let's look at the lineup. What sort of a situation is this, really? Uh, for my part, I would say the God that is dead is this political model God. However conceived, the divine paternalistic authority who rules the universe and to whom you as an ego are related as a subject to a king, by analogy. See? Now that one uh, just isn't holding up. But what's the alternative? Especially, think about what could be an alternative for Western people with a Christian background. 
What other kind of God could we have? Well, one possibility is none. And this is what people like Altizer are discussing. He's on the far left of this new theology. Uh, I would say a man like James Pike is on the right of the new theology. He very definitely believes in God. He's a theist. But he doesn't believe in anything with whiskers on it. Nor does he really believe in the political model. Are we going to settle then for the fact that the universe is just what it appears to be? Or are we going to have a very refined conception of God, which will be called it instead of he? That makes a lot of difference. Very powerful what pronoun you use. Or even he, she. Now, the Christian scientists talk about the father-mother. It's sort of complicated. People feel that's a little bit weird. <clears throat> uh, it is rather simple. But then when you say it, does it mean that God is something like electricity? Uh, which doesn't seem to have any independent intelligence of its own. You can use it intelligently, but it's just energy. It does something goes zoom. See? Is that God? Is God it like that? Or what? Well, it's a funny thing, but it's very difficult to be a complete atheist. Real atheist. Like in the House of Parliament in England, when in 1928 the Church of England wanted a new prayer book, a revised prayer book, because the Church and the State are inseparable in England, the Houses of Parliament had to vote on whether this prayer book uh, might be used. And somebody got up and said, this is perfectly ridiculous. An assemblage which contains a number of atheists voting on the inner politics of the Church of England. And another member got up and he said, oh, I don't think there are any atheists here, not really. We all believe in some sort of a something somewhere. <laughs> now, you see, in the theological world, it just doesn't do to believe in some sort of a something somewhere. Because one thing that theologians detest is vagueness. Ah, uh, you should listen to them. Even no God at all, because that's clear and precise. No beating around the bush, old man. You know, it's just uh, fuzzy thinking to have the great universal mind, the undifferentiated aesthetic continuum. Uh, that's all some sort of a something somewhere. Woolly thinking. Either no God, or a God with a definite character, and a clear moral will, and precise standards, who will not be pushed around. The biblical God. Wowee. <laughs> uh, what do you do? Do you put your mind into two watertight compartments, one of which you're abreast of science and the modern world and all that kind of thing, and then the other compartment, which simply has nothing to do with that, is a completely cut off thing called religion, where you believe in absolutely ludicrous propositions. A lot of people do that. But a lot of people want a religion which is difficult to believe in, because that's a kind of a test of faith, whether you can swallow it.
You've been listening to Alan Watts from the Spoken Word Library of the Electronic University. For copies of this and other Alan Watts programs, please go to alanwatts.com on the World Wide Web or call us toll-free at 1-800-W-O-WATTS. That's A-L-A-N-W-A-T-T-S dot com or 1-800-W-O-W-A-T-T-S. The Watts website features free audio downloads, program lists, and information on Watts' life and works. Once again, that's alanwatts.com or 1-800-W-O-WATTS.